0: JJ, before we get started, we have just announced the Certified Business Coaching Program at Business Made Simple. Yes, we have. And we had the largest number of people ever express interest, (laughs) and they went to certifiedbusinesscoach.com and applied to become one of our our coaches. We are going to certify those coaches in October, Mm -hmm. and basically when you become a certified business coach through Business Made Simple, what it really means is that we give you the frameworks that you can teach clients so that they can run their businesses and scale their businesses. Yeah. And most business coaches, I think, are basically glorified cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> which is not a bad thing. <laughs> no, I, uh-uh. I don't mean that in this nope. like critical way. But they're for you. They yep. keep you accountable. They help you set goals. Yeah. And you're not in it alone. Yep. And that's extreme value. our needed. Our coaches will be that and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> They can teach you to create your life plan and productivity schedule because we're releasing our planner. Mm -hmm. So they get people productive. Then they help you clarify your message Mm -hmm. so that your message actually grows your business. They help you understand how to create a sales funnel. They help you understand how to manage a team. They help you understand how to run an execution strategy. Yes. They help you do everything that you need to do to actually grow a business so you're not just cheerleading somebody who's entering Mm -hmm. into chaos. Mm -hmm. And uh, we think it's going to be the best coaching program, period, on the planet. It's all backed up by Business Made Simple University. So your students, your clients, if you will, would have an online university to be able to go and take courses and interact with you. We are also creating a system where they can create masterminds, Mm -hmm. where you can get 20 people in a room quarterly or monthly to go through the exact same curriculum and teach it to a group of people. It is a fantastic coaching program, and we've designed it after really interacting with coaches and seeing what they like, what they don't like, also really interacting with thousands of business leaders yeah. and saying, what do you actually need? Yep. Instead of going in back and getting an MBA and being $50,000 in debt and not knowing, and getting your MBA and still not <laughs> yeah. knowing how to run a business <laughs> yeah. because you, you study a white paper on trade with China, what do you need from a coach? And we've designed that program for for the last few years from the ground up And we are certifying our first cohort of coaches in October. I can't wait. And day one, we had hundreds Hundreds. of applicants. Hundreds, yeah. So if you want to get in, go to certifiedbusinesscoach.com, certifiedbusinesscoach.com, apply. Because we have such a rush of people applying, it's going to take a minute to get to you. Uh, One of our representatives is going to call you and they're going to have a conversation about whether or not this is the right program for you. I hope that it is. We will certify you in October, and we are off to the races yeah. disrupting this whole learning and development, really antiquated system that takes place in this country. There are so many people who are struggling with how to run a business, and all they need is 10 minutes of knowledge, Yeah, and so many of their problems will go away. 10 minutes of knowledge, by the way, over and over and over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what our coaches are are going to do. And you are actually writing, J.J. is the actually <laughs> writing the curriculum and
1: the textbook. Yeah. So Business Made Simple University will have a giant, what, 800 pages? Yeah, I don't know yet because <laughs> it's going to be huge. We've got it done. It's got written. Now it's going to head to the publisher. So yeah. So it's going to be fun. It's full of all the information about all the courses and worksheets to work through, and by the end of it, you're going to have your sales funnel, you're going to have your mission statement, you're going to have your communication plan, you're going to have your marketing and messaging. I mean, it's it's You'll robust. have everything
0: you need to know to scale your business. JJ has also created 50 lesson plans so that you have 50 lesson plans to take a client yeah. through. Yeah. You can take it through them once a week, or you can take it through them once a month, and, and this thing can go for years, Yeah. but you, you've got that, and also those mastermind class plans with keynotes. I mean, you don't have to worry about what you're going to teach your clients if you become one of our certified coaches. So once again, go to certifiedbusinesscoach.com if you would like to apply. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand Podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. JJ Peterson. Hi, JJ. Hi, Don. JJ, today on the program, yep. we're talking with Nicole Walters. Yes. It's, it's her second time on the program. I love Nicole. We, we've actually only had a few people on the program twice. Mm-hmm. She's one of them. And we're actually going to talk we're talking about a lot of things, but one of the things that we talk about is confidence. Yes. <laughs> Do you believe in yourself? Do you believe in your product? Yeah. And the importance of confidence if you want to scale your business?
1: Yeah. I, you know, we've talked about this before. I used to do improv comedy. And... If I walked on stage without confidence, <laughs> you know how bad those shows went? I mean, so bad. But if you walk on stage and you basically can say, I'm going to own this crowd and lead them. And yep. not in a like an arrogant way, but I'm going to help these people have a good time tonight. I have the skills. I have the ability. I know that I can take them a direction and help them have a wonderful evening. Now, did that mean that I wasn't nervous every time before I walked on stage? Hundred percent. I right, right, right. this might be too much information, but I had to go to the bathroom every single time before <laughs> I got on stage. <laughs> every time. However, once I hit that stage and I got the first laugh, it was over. Yeah, like, yeah. It was. You're just fine. Their, You're yeah, in the groove. Yeah, totally. And I could. And it's I funny. I'm the
0: same way when I give a speech. Exactly. It's really. It literally is the first laugh. Yep. And then I'm okay.
1: And that's why, like, even in that context, it's so important to, like, plan the beginning to get it in. But when you are prepared and you have the things that you know are going to help the – in in my case and in your case in the speeches, help – the audience succeed. And the succeed part of this is have a great night, right? Right, right. Or learn something. When you know you have that and you can walk on stage with that confidence, it's gonna go well. I mean, you know, there are moments where, you know, one time we performed at a pig farm and it did not go so well. (laughs) I think you've told that story on the show. Yeah. (laughs) That did not go great. Not go great. But, really after that the pigs
0: did not think you were funny no no not so much at all
1: <laughs> but i do think it's the same thing even like say with storybrand right? right like when i i know what we have makes a difference in the lives of people like i've just seen it over and over again so i don't have a problem selling to people i don't have a problem speaking about it because i am confident in that what we bring to the table is going to help people's lives get better
0: i agree i i think it's the missing ingredient from many people's business Strategy or whatever you yeah. want to call it, I, when I look at the people who've made it, you know my friends who've started a little business and have made it, they what they all have in common is confidence. But it's really more than confidence; it is a strong belief in their product. Yeah. When we say, "Where does confidence come from?" Is the way you feel about yourself. Yeah, it's a little bit of the way you feel about yourself, but it's also the way. If you're a speaker, it's the way you feel about the content coming out of your mouth. Yeah. That's where you get your confidence. Or it's the way you feel about your product that you're selling. What if the missing ingredient in your business is your confidence? (laughs) We're going to talk about that. Also, Nicole, she owns a business in Atlanta. She has about 20 employees they're, uh, it's a minority-owned, minority-run business, yeah. so we actually get a little bit into diversity and some of the hot topics of the moment, this important cultural shift that we're experiencing as a country, where we're all becoming more sensitive and more aware of the racial inequity mm-hmm. that's taking place. So we we have a little bonus conversation yeah. inside of our conversation that I think we just couldn't have Nicole on without hitting. She's also going to be the star of a new program on the USA Network. Really? Yeah. It's called uh, Instant Family. <gasps> And it's also about her running a business, yeah. and trying to balance life oh, between. that's so cool! I know she was born for television. She's so <laughs> one. She's so dynamic. <laughs> that's amazing. But your deliverable uh, <laughs> after listening to this, and I mean the listeners, is confidence. Yep. And the question that I want you to ask is: How confident are you mm-hmm. in your own story and your own products? And how much money is it costing you to not be confident? Here's my conversation with Nicole Walters. Nicole Walters, thanks for being with us.
2: Awesome, dot I'm so excited to be here.
0: One of the most inspirational people I know. If you don't follow Nicole on Instagram, you should. Not only is she an unbelievably successful businesswoman, she's an incredible mom, incredible wife, and you lost a bunch of weight. You look fantastic.
2: Thank you so much. I feel fantastic. Thank you. Know, you know, the thing
0: about losing weight as you get older, because I've had a similar journey. I, I just joked with you. I want to write a book called How to Lose Two Pounds a Year. <laughs> For a hundred years.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the cool thing is you get younger every you're having a reverse experience to what other people are having. Like I just had both my knees replaced at forty eight. And so losing weight, knees replaced, it's like, oh, this is what it's like to be twenty.
2: Oh, absolutely. You feel like you can take on the world. I mean, what's got me started on my weight loss was my business. I was like, I'm getting on stage and I'm sweaty and I'm having a hard time breathing and I like, I have a high energy Yeah, note. you have
0: high energy. On, you're a great keynoter.
2: <laughs> my keynote's high energy, but at the end of it, I needed like four days recovery time because I, oh just, I was carrying all this baggage. So I had to get the weight off and uh, now I can keep up with how I actually feel. So that's actually,
0: it. we're not talking about weight loss on this but that's actually a real tip is put yourself into a situation. Where you have to lose the weight where mm-hmm, if this isn't working right. anymore, yeah. Anybody can uh, not lose weight if they're sitting on the couch, but as soon as you <laughs> right, as soon as you right. sign up for a marathon, like this ain't working. We got to do yeah, something you're different. It's
2: like, not going to cut it. <laughs> okay,
0: Nicole, we've had you on the show before, and I want to take our listeners through a little bit of a just a quick Reader's Digest summary of where your life has gone. But basically, I want to end up with talking about sales, how you got confidence selling why it was important to get confidence selling, and then maybe some techniques. Because you went from a six-figure job, you were fine, to owning your own seven-figure business. And there's a lot of listeners who would love that journey. What were you doing before you started your own company?
2: Well, I worked in corporate America. So I worked in business development, sales and product development. So it's boring stuff, but it was international health insurance. So I came in and this multi-billion dollar company didn't have an international division. So my job was to get in there, help create it, help support it, help acquire those clients, refine the product and scale it from two million to two or from two million to 200 million. And so I was able to do that.
0: You from two million to 200 million? Okay, yes. it was part of the journey you were watching all, all this money roll in, you were like, wait, I want some of this for myself.
2: 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if I can do this for someone, what exactly? This math is not adding up, girl. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's exactly <laughs> it. Yep. Uh, so when you did that, you saw that money coming in, You, did, but were there things that you learned in the process of scaling up that company that you took with you to
2: start your own? Oh, hundred percent. I mean What were I, they?
0: What were some of those the things? The
2: biggest thing I learned is the value of a properly created and properly communicated product. So wow. I mean, you know you understand this with totally. Story Brand. If one can't find you, so if they don't even know you exist, that's a problem. But that's where I think a lot of business owners focus on tackling. I need the right algorithm. I need the right hashtags. I just need to be seen, followers, all of that. Well, that's one part of it. But once they get there, if they don't know what you're selling or if they don't know how to give you their money and what for, well, then the whole thing's moot. I'd rather have a thousand people that know how to communicate with me and understand my services in a business capacity than have 10,000 followers that have no idea what I do and and no clarity around how to give me money and and show up just for kicks. So that's the
0: thing. You didn't have venture capital, private equity. Did you have any sort of business partner financially when you started your own business?
2: None. I still don't. So my business I
0: is- think that's an advantage.
2: Yeah, oh, it's true. It's totally true. It's 100% debt free, no shareholders, no investor, 100% women and minority owned.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I think that's an advantage because my friends who have private equity or venture capital, they start a company and they start with swag. They're starting yes. to build swag. They're st- they want their logo, their colors, they make t-shirts, they make aprons that you can wear. The And I'm like, I don't even know what you're selling. Are you selling an apron?
2: Right, right. They're worried about looking like a business, right? I want to have a pretty website and a gorgeous logo. And I'm like, do you have an LLC? Did you set up your bank accounts correctly? You know, like some of the fundamentals that a lot of people skip, you know, they're worried about styling themselves, but they're not really worried about how they're going to deliver and if their product actually works.
0: So as you were developing the product that you were going to sell on your own, How did you think about it? What what did you do to make the product more accessible and understandable and desirable to a market? What were the things that you thought through?
2: Well, I was very, very clear. And I think that it's great being on the StoryBrand chat about this because this is what you do for a living if people aren't able to figure it out on their own. But I got very, very clear on exactly how I help people in this season. So I'm very aware that a great business is going to be dynamic. It's going to evolve. It's going evolve. to evolve. Yeah. To change. Right. But in that season, when I first showed up, what I did and what I still do is I helped everyday entrepreneurs apply corporate strategies to grow and scale their income and establish sustainable businesses.
0: So there's a need for understanding the processes and the structures for actually putting together a business that's able to scale. And you were you were consulting with them on that.
2: Absolutely. And the key part being sustainably, not getting into launch, feast, or famine, not getting into a business that isn't multifaceted enough to weather the economic storms. And these are things that corporations think about that everyday entrepreneurs in the beginning season, when they're like, I just need to pay some bills, they're not putting that at the forefront. And unfortunately, those are foundational changes that they need to make in order to keep going. So that's what I did. And I was very clear when I came out, I said, Guys, this is what I do to help people. You know, here's my experience of how I've done it. And if you want to work with me, I also have great skin and wonderful eyebrows. i am the whole <laughs> oh, gosh, you I seen on the cake. Just yes, come work with me and I'm happy to get you ahead.
0: I know so, you're joking about the great skin and wonderful eyebrows, although you do have great skin and wonderful eyebrows. But was it an <laughs> advantage to be a good keynote speaker? Was it an advantage to be able to get out on stage and talk about what you do and get word out?
2: It's one of those things where people always think, well, you're extroverted, so it must be easier for you. It's not. I still get pit stains. I Google, can you see pit stains through a blazer before every keynote? You know? It's a real thing. I get nervous also. But yeah, it does help that I'm confident about the product that I'm. I get to share with others. But that's something anyone can have. If you are confident that you are going to do what you say you will do, then it becomes a lot easier to speak about it with pride that gets other people excited to purchase.
0: How have you counseled people who you noticed did not have the confidence in their product? How do you get them to the point where they, every time they walk into the room, they're dying to talk about their product? And most people are very passive aggressive. They don't want to bother you. They feel like they're asking for charity if they ever talk about their product. All the stuff that doesn't work. Right. How do you help people transform?
2: Well, one of the first things I tell them is that you're the best thing they've never heard of, right? And and I'm a God girl, so I'm a big believer in you're the best thing they've never heard of, and you're in a position to potentially change someone's life with your gift. And that is huge. If you know in full integrity that whatever it is you have to offer is something that works and you believe in, why wouldn't you improve someone's life? So the same, it's the same way that I pitch myself for keynotes. I'm like, why would you have anyone else on your stage? <laughs> Do you- how much I've invested in my wigs I have fantastic hair you want me on your stage bring high value to your people I use that
0: exact same pitch and it (laughs) works do you know how much I've invested in my wigs?
2: My wigs. <laughs> Listen, I Don't say I've never done anything for you, Doc. <laughs> I
0: actually need a wig. In about five years, I'm definitely going to need a wig.
2: But no, no, it's the truth, though. I tell people to bring that same energy. You know, if you are excited about what you're creating, the way you talk to a, your kids about it, they come into yeah. the kitchen and they see you making that jam and they're like, Mom, what you making? Oh, this is great. I picked up these new strawberries and they're amazing and they have this and that. The, bring that same energy energy, worry less about the formulas people are selling online. Worry less about do I have the perfect algorithm and the awesomest flat lay. You know, like these all these little tricks of the trade are just part of it. But authentically connect with your product and and just talk about it from your heart. And that passion is reflective and that is actually what people buy from.
0: We underestimate how important it is to actually love your product. <laughs> yes. I mean if you really just do two things. Love your product, ask for the sale. Mm-hmm. You're going to be rich.
2: Oh, you're going to get for it. And that second part about asking for the sale, I can't tell you how many times I'll have clients where it's like, did you even tell them where to put your money? You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't where to put it, they're going to keep it in their pocket. You got to actually say to them, hey, there's an opportunity to work with me. And here's where you can go to deposit the funds to commit to that opportunity. And if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it.
0: Do you do both online sales? Do you do emails? Do you do a sales funnel? Can you walk us through just how? Well, first of all, tell us how your business has evolved. What do you offer today? Talk about love your product and ask for the sale. Let's go ahead.
2: I know, right? So I help people in several different ways. So obviously, I have I have twenty employees and we have a corporate headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, while you know these are crazy times, we do invite people in office. You know, we work with them with you know small group live events. So we have that as an option. We also uh, work. And with they're teaching to-
0: them to sell. You're teaching them to scale up their business. The same structures and processes.
2: Well, so it can be anything from uh, usually the people. I work with one-to-one or in office and small group, we're actually going through full product development. So it's kind of old school consulting. We're going in and we're analyzing everything from your profit and loss statements to your previous tax goals to really figure out, are, are your numbers aligning? With the ultimate goal being, what is the consistent revenue that we want to bring in month over month to hit targeted goals in our business? And while remaining debt-free, shedding investors, things like that, we're building legacy. We're not just thinking about a successful business. So we're looking at the whole business. Now, I teach a sort of microcosm mini version of that to the everyday entrepreneur online through my wildly popular course called 1K One Day Academy. So 1K One Day Academy is all about doing that in a very simple way. If you're coming in and saying, I don't have anything, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm saying, look, let's start with the basics. Forget the logo. Forget being snazzy and and skinny on Instagram. Let's talk about, you know, do you have an LLC? How do you even know what that is? Do you have a business bank account? Or are you still using Cash App or your money from the farmer's market and tucking it in your pocket and (laughs) using it at Target? You know, let's, let's talk about the fundamentals of what it looks like to be a business owner. Apply what we can and then start talking about adding a product on top of that. Because if you act like a business, you'll get paid like one too.
0: I'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with Nicole Walters in just a moment. Earlier in the podcast, JJ and I talked about the fact that we are now certifying business coaches at Business Made Simple. You know, we've got the online university, we've got several courses, new courses coming in, but some people want to take a deeper dive and that's why we are certifying coaches to be able to take people through our curriculum. You know, most business coaches don't even have a curriculum. They just have some business experience and then they act more like cheerleaders than anything else, but there are certain things that great business coaches have in common. If you're interested in becoming one of our coaches but you're not ready to apply, I want you to check out coachingmadesimple.com today. I've actually got three videos in which I explain three characteristics that the best business coaches in the world have in common. And they are not what you think, I promise. Go to coachingmadesimple.com and check it out today. You had this idea. You were doing some consulting. You wanted to scale it. You put together an online course. Walk me through your sales funnel. How do people, they're hearing about you on my podcast, and they go to where, and then they get what, and then how do you gain trust with them, and how do you close the sale? Can you walk me through the whole sales funnel?
2: For me, this is always the uh, funniest question that I get whenever I do any podcast or interview. I don't really run a formalized sales funnel because you, know, you I can come, come to
0: Storybrand and we'll help you figure one out. I can oh, in a day. Here's the
2: thing: <laughs> it's it's working right now, you know. But yeah. you better believe the time's going to come where I'm going to need one. You know, in different areas, right? But it's just not formalized. It's kind of like corporate, right? I worry about sales interactions. How many times can I touch the client in an authentic and real way that leads them to build a relationship with me and eventually? Eventually convert on the sale so and what are the
0: if- methodologies that you use to do that obviously you're on my podcast what others
2: right I have Podcast, right. That's you know, the Nicole Walters podcast. It's we debuted at number one right next to Dave Ramsey and yes. Rachel Hollis. And, you know, so I have that podcast. I also have um my Instagram following, you know, which is in the hundreds of thousands. And that is where I share a diverse range of who I am. So it's not just selling that I have a business, you know, constant sales, sales, sales. It's also saying, look, but I'm also a mom and a hot mess, which means you can do it too. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I have that. Yeah. And then I have my Facebook page where I do more of my one-to-one trainings where people see a little bit more of who I am from a business standpoint. I do live events and keynotes. And then it's also what you don't see. So I spend, I run all of my own social media, meaning if you DM me and you get a response, it's actually me. If you see a response to a comment, it's actually me. I spend most of my time in my business actually interacting with real life people. And I've done that for the past 10 years that I've been on social. Now the time will come eventually where I may not be able to do that, but every time I'm able to touch Someone, you know, in real life, I'm only upping my chance of converting them to a sale and upping my ability to impact them and their business. So that is my funnel. It's really just truthfully and authentically going live, talking to people, answering questions and saying, hey, I would love to help you. If you want to talk this through, go ahead and sign up here. And it really works. I call it the turbo opt-in method. I skip the freebies. I script I skip the, the, all the fancy stuff and I go online and I talk to you like a real person live and I say, let's work together. Head over to my website.
0: I love it. I'm more introverted. That's why you don't have a sales funnel, because you're extroverted. You can actually do it in person. Right, totally.
2: And there's some merit there, obviously, because there's the automation. You know, like the the sales are coming in. Now, I get my funnel in because my live contact lives forever. So whenever people watch it, like I have viral videos that have 26 million views. So I get sales on a regular basis because I've created that content that lives forever. So that helps, you know. in But, you know, there is some merit to the email sequences and all that jazz.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. I want to go back up a little bit. You said something that really piqued yeah. my interest. You are minority-owned, minority-run. Yes. Do you work with a lot of minority-run businesses, minority-owned businesses? The reason I'm asking is you know, after the, all the stuff that's gone on in our country and our hearts are broken about it, we wondered, what can we do as a company? And we were going to help some social justice organizations that were dealing with race-based violence clarify their message and all that kind of stuff. And I actually talked to a friend of mine who's an African-American pastor down in South Carolina. He said, you know, that's nice. What you really should do is have a cohort of black owned businesses and make them a ton of money.
2: Woo, I love it. <laughs>
0: and he's a pastor and he said, honestly, I could use their tithe. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, tell the truth,
2: you know, tell the truth. Shame the devil.
0: So that's what we're gonna do. So I wonder about your journey in that and what and you know, does it light you up to see these businesses grow? And is there a part of you that has an agenda there that you want to see more equality happen and that sort of thing? Can you tell me your perspective on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that for me, um, you know, oftentimes whenever we're trying to figure out where to stand in light of injustice and sort of righting the wrongs and getting things equal, you know, as close to equal as any one person sure. can, yeah. we always figure out what can we do? What can we do? Well, one of the things I was really inspired, I actually, you know, was at the protest, you know, in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, with my daughters. What I noticed was that there were a lot of allies, you know, who were Caucasian who were there and they were like, look, like, I don't know if I can hold a sign and I don't really know what to do, but what I can't do is I'm a soccer mom and I do soccer games. So I can cut some orange wedges, bring granola bars and hand out water to people who are protesting. You <laughs> know, and awesome, I think yeah. that that's a great example. You know, sure, money helps and donations help, but there's something to be said for using your specific gifts to aid in the area that you're in. So I love the idea of, you know, helping business owners get the tools that they need to see more success. And that can be something as simple as giving away scholarships to organizations or colleges or universities of your um, story brand courses or a Business Made Simple you know concepts like that that is something that's so powerful and helpful yeah. to many and and then also creating an environment within your business that is warm and welcoming and inviting so diversifying so like my organization our staff represents the entire rainbow why because I want there to always be someone in the room who can say hey from our people's perspective you know or from here this right. is what I'm thinking you know or this is a way we might be able to get more um, you know brown people at the table or Asian you know there's an advantage here you know and that is a great way to do it. I know that one of the things that a lot of African-American women say whenever they come to my events is it's so good to see you here because because I see you on the stage, I know I can be on the stage, mm. you know, and that means a lot. So, yes, it's great to create products and a space that's nurturing and welcoming, not just for African-American women, but for Caucasian women or ca- Caucasian men who come into the environment. and They're like, I never have been in an environment this diverse because I live in the middle of, you know, nowhere Montana, you know, so it's great because I'm in this digital space where I'm getting to know people I never would have met before but it's also nice cuz in just living my life out loud and sharing that on Instagram and being authentic I get to paint a picture of you know an African American woman who is successful and profitable and runs a multi-million dollar business that other people may not see and eventually be inspired by
0: what I love about what you're talking about also is that you know I believe there is inequality in this country you know I actually grew up as a child in a government project about three miles away from where George Floyd grew up in Houston, Texas. Wow. wow, And we grew up in the government projects, single mom, standing in line for government cheese, government was paying our rent until my mom was able to get us out of there and we, we were in a duplex, of, you know, a mile away from there and then, you know, we were able to get into a good elementary school and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I think about my past... I think, you know, I worked very hard. I definitely got some lucky breaks, but I sat down for a year and wrote a book and then worked on it for a year to get it on the bestsellers list and then started. I made really good decisions. And I think it was through all the Black Lives Matter movement that I, I really internalized and realized this fact that, yes, I'm here because I did a lot of really hard work. I'm proud of that. I don't want to take anything away from that. And also doors were open because of the color of my skin.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's the both factor. It's the both, right? and I think
0: that's it's what some factor. people don't understand—that that they think, well, it's either one or the other. And no, it's right. It's actually just a little bit easier. It was a little bit easier, especially in the '80s.
1: Sure. Sure. It
0: was just a little bit easier for me because of the color of my skin, and yet that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is you believe, and we're going to get letters on this, Nicole. I know. You believe in the power of capitalism to create equality. <laughs>
2: I'm not saying all of that necessarily. <laughs> no, I'm not so saying no that you're against like Norway. <laughs> I'm
0: not saying that like Norway doesn't have a great medical Hello. coverage program. Come on, I'm not. I'm just saying though. I, you know, my, my wife and I had a conversation this morning as we woke up, and there's a little bit of, uh, you know tit for tat going on inside of her family dynamics of, you know, is America a great country or could we use some work? And it's the young versus the old. And it's a very friendly, warm conversation. Right. But I said to my wife, I said, you know, the bottom line is capitalism, while not perfect and filled with injustices, is one of the greatest experiments in human history at reducing poverty.
2: Well, I do think that it's an experiment. And I do think that as any experiment, it needs to be revised, reviewed, and recalibrated whenever required in order to make sure that it's actually working. You know, that's how good businesses work. Things evolve. Well, you
0: always have to tweak the levers. And right now, I really believe, and it is true, it's just an economic fact, that 1% of the population – is hoarding too much of the money in the stock market. Absolutely. And I think the way to do that is not to punish them and take their money away. It's to incentivize them to get money back into the middle class. And there's ways that we can do that. The government because Republicans are so busy fighting Democrats, and Democrats are so busy fighting Republicans, neither of them are fighting for the American people. Well,
2: I do think that we all forget and we lose sight of what really matters is, you know, it is a better world for me if my partner next to me, my person, you know, any human of any color, you know, next to me is thriving. And just because I don't see them doesn't mean that there aren't issues that are, you know, we need to be aware of and try to to, uh, tackle. Because I always joke, like, I grew up sleeping on a couch, $24. My parents were African immigrants who worked to come to this country. And they did everything the right way. They became citizens. They paid taxes for years. And, you know, we never have taken a drop of welfare or anything. So I am the classic American story, you know, in the really pulling myself up by my bootstraps and that thing that people have sold as the way that it is possible. But it also doesn't change the fact that I still meet racism. And, And the thing that I think a lot of Black people are talking about is, if I don't get a job or I don't get a gig or I don't get a keynote or I don't get invited to something and I notice that all the faces in that room or at that event are white, you know, it's not fair that I still have to wonder is it because I'm black? Yeah. Or is it because they don't have, know any black people? You know, because I know I'm qualified.
0: How did you, getting back to sort of capitalism, believing in yourself yeah. in confidence? Yeah. How did you, amidst that headwind, you know, and headwind's a kind way to say it, right? Yeah, right, right. But how did you say, nah, I'm going in. I belong on that stage. I belong in this room. I don't care what people think. Where did you develop that confidence? And do you actually try to prescribe that confidence to other people in your situation. I know the answer to that is yes, because you've already said it. Well,
2: yes, I do. I mean, because obviously that's my, you know, my living is I definitely I believe that and I know that black women deserve to be on these stages because they are excellent. I mean, black women create phenomenal work, both creatively, culturally, financially. Like, and so we should be on these stages. And much like I say, the best thing you've never heard about, you know, just because you may not know anyone. So that's why you didn't have anyone to stage. So I think that part of what all of us can learn from this is let's diversify our friend groups and our business circles so that. that way we can meet more excellent talent but aside from that where i got that confidence from was my dad you know my dad was a cab driver in dc and he would work these crazy 10 12 hour shifts and we would drive around dc and he would point to massive buildings and he would say listen my daughter you have two choices you can either have your name on the outside of a building or you can take a mop and clean one very (laughs) (laughs) polarizing
0: he sounds sounds like everybody in this country when after they turn 70
2: i mean not like. (laughs) there's any shame in mopping a building, but he made it very clear. And I would say, well, if that's the case, you know, if there's a glass ceiling or a room I'm not supposed to be in and all they're going to do is throw me out and make me mop, I'm going into that room, you know, and I'm going to argue my case. And I've always had that demeanor and attitude that if you can get me in the room, I'm going to win you over. If I can get on that podcast, if I can get on that show, if I can get, I will win you over, you will meet me, you will love me, and you will know I'm qualified. The hardest part about being Black in America is sometimes we just can't get in the room. Mm -hmm. And that is the part that is frustrating. So capitalism, you're right, can work if I can get in the room, if I can get the loan, if I can get the mortgage, if I can get the down payment, if I can get the lease, you know, if I can get the advan- the terms that are an advantage. But if I can't even get those, I don't even really have a fighting chance to benefit from some of the systems that work for so many other Americans.
0: Well, Nicole, I personally, as a white man, I want to say I'm sorry for any way I've contributed to that environment. Oh, gracious. I repent, I'm trying to make it
2: up. I know. And, uh, I appreciate you. Honestly, it's it's something where I think that, you know, apologies. It's nice to hear that people are feeling, you know, that contrition, but more than anything, it's an everyday action. It's your heart. I am one who's very, you don't know what you don't know. And I know a lot of people are going through an awakening right now. And I tend to be, not saying that all black people should be or have to be, but I tend to be more sympathetic where I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's new to you. Now we know better. Let's do better, you know? Yeah. And, and you're a great example of someone who's always had to be. And I know no matter what your wife is going to keep you on the straight and narrow <laughs>
0: <laughs> god knows that's true nicole what a wonderful conversation where can people find out more about your consulting if they're going oh man i'm doing the farmer's market thing where i'm spending the money at target i got to talk to this lady where can they find you
2: love to meet you and and l- teach You more about my business at NicoleWalters.com. And I'm also Nicole Walters all over the internet. And if you really want to. Are you Nicole wanna-
0: Walters on Instagram? Because I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> I can't remember your handle.
2: on Instagram. And if you really want to stay up on my day to day, I have a new show that's coming out on USA Network. And uh, it's called Instant Family. So it's, uh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be lighthearted. It's all American and it's good, good stuff. So definitely tune in. Uh, you should see us on air this fall.
0: Oh, beautiful. I love everything that's happening. Part of what you do that helps people is you actually give them direct consulting and part of what you do is you are blazing a path through a thick forest and there's a sidewalk behind you that we can all walk down. I'm just so grateful that you're doing that.
2: John, this is the nicest thing. I feel like I should write that down. Husband, say this to me every day. <laughs> every day take these carefully crafted story brand words from Don Miller and repeat them. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you turn the thick forest Thank into you. a sidewalk and so that other people can walk down. I'm just so grateful for you. All right. Thanks so much, Nicole. You're the best. Bye. Bye. JJ, so much in that interview. Really, two parts to the interview. Yeah. First is the, you know hitting on the confidence, yep. and second is having a diverse workforce. And so many of the people listening to this are trying to tackle this issue. Yeah, and I would love to be an open book. I yeah. really would. You know, we've got twenty-four people on staff mm-hmm. now. We are working hard to diversify our staff more yes. and more. And I agree with what Nicole said. It just makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. It makes 100%. you stronger. 100%. But you know, when you're a white guy and you have best-selling books and you your, your white picture is on the cover, white yeah. people tend to apply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And so you have to work a little harder, and we're going to do that. But one thing that I'd love to do is three, four years from now be able to confidently say, Here's how we tackled that issue. Yeah, right. And here's what we did about it. And we're we're taking strides in doing that. I know many of of you are as well. So we'll keep you posted on how we're doing. Yeah. But I'm so thankful for Nicole and her perspective. Let's get back to the confidence piece, though. Yeah. I mean, this idea that you've got to believe in your product. Yeah. And you have to believe in yourself, and you have to be willing to talk about it Mm -hmm. and sell it Mm -hmm. in order to grow your company. And I think if there's one thing that everybody should tackle this year it's that. Yeah. And even me. I mean I'm extremely confident about our product. I need to be more confident. Yeah. You know, the people the vendors who who come here to work on the property and build things and say what do you do? I need to say actually I I have a business that could really benefit your business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I need to say things <laughs> like yeah. that and just yeah.
1: become an evangelist for our products and services. And we're not talking about arrogance, right? It's not no, about no, being it's arrogant, not that. but the reality is I think so many it's of us belief. Belief. are yeah, so confidence us, is belief. Oh, 100%. And I think a lot of us feel, are afraid to be pushy with our product and stuff. Right. And so we, we back away a little bit. And in reality, that shows that we are not confident in our product, yeah. right? If we're actually really confident that it can make a difference in the world and help people live a better life and in their business and at their home and with their family, then you want to speak about it with confidence, boldness yeah. even,
0: all right, let's all get a little post-it note. You got your post-it note. You got your sharpie. Mm-hmm. Right, believe in what you are building. Yes. On that post-it note, stick it on your mirror. Read it every day because you know you believe in what you're building. You can really change the world. Fantastic, Nicole. We can't wait to have you back on. And good luck on I the television show. can't wait to watch your show. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna be great. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest record, Dive Deep Hushed, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.